Hey, happy Wednesday. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Five Tool Podcast. This is episode 86. I'm Des McComish, joined once again, as always, by Drew Bishop. And uh, a big one today. We're going, we're, we're adding some um, some U's and X's to, to our words and, you know, getting a little, think about a little gumbo, a little crawfish, and, and definitely some uh, some elite college baseball. Um, LSU's Josh Jordan uh, is going to join us today on the podcast. Um, assistant coach at LSU, recently just hired there by Jay Johnson & Co., one of the recruiters um, in the country. Uh, just a fantastic track record from his work at Duke. Um, ended up joining um, Coach Johnson at LSU. Really excited to talk about him, talk to him about what's going on at LSU. And uh, also, true, Drew, I joined you in the, um, uh, let's see here, not glamorous world of being 37 years old. <laughs> um it's uh <laughs> you get to you get to our age and it's just kind of like yeah you have kids and it's a it's a weird number and oh my god you're one year closer to 40 what's happening um so yeah uh i don't feel much different today although i did have a a i guess a midlife crisis dad purchase yesterday do you want to hear what i bought yes i do so I took uh, I took a few hundred from my fantasy baseball winnings, which um, was was a very very productive year on that front, and I bought myself a bike. A bike. Got myself, got myself a bike. Like a real bike. Like a real bike. We we bought a we bought a Peloton yesterday. I know you have already. Had oh, I didn't know that. So that's to- that's my that's my mom's uh, double birthday present to us. Or after the baby, oh, to okay, get, get so, in shape. So, so have you picked? So have you picked your name yet? Your Peloton riding name? No, no, no. There's, uh, we can auction that off. That's up for discussion <laughs> for for the listeners. If anyone has any good Peloton name suggestions, I'm all so, ears. But show, okay, well, you're gonna have Saturday. To, you're gonna have to follow me. Do you want to know what my name is? No. Yeah, you do. You want <laughs> you want you want to know what my name is. Dusty <laughs> rides the number four hot wings rides uh-huh. for hot wings. Okay. So I'm doing, well, I'm doing my rides because I want to eat my wings, you know? Okay. So that's, that's what right. I, I think I'm up to like, man, I'm almost, I think I like 700 rides. Now we've had ours for, okay. like, for a long time, but we're, we're, you'll like it. You'll like it. It's okay. very convenient. Right. You put a game on in the background, you, you knock out your ride. So yeah, you know, I went out and got a bike and, um, I was like, man, you know, I don't know. It was like midlife crisis purchase, but I was like, I, just, I really want to ride a bike and go around the neighborhood and zoom around. It's a great workout. I rode it back home from the bike shop about almost three miles yesterday. Survived that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, let's get, let's get to some baseball. I, the, the mental picture in my head there is, is not. Oh healthy. yeah. Me riding my bike with my, with my helmet. So uh, yeah. yeah, had a, had, I went and got that. And of course, every, uh, every birthday meal is not complete without a great American company cookie cake. So that was in the mix um, as okay. well. So uh, a big day for us uh, with Josh Jordan jumping on here. Also the, the updated 2023 5 will come out later this afternoon. I've been working on that for a while. Got that done. Got that written up. Got the images ready to go. So that'll be up later this afternoon. But uh, really excited to talk to LSU's Josh Jordan. So let's not waste any more time talking about bike rides. Um, here's our conversation with LSU recruiting coordinator Josh Jordan. 
Excited to be joined today by LSU's Josh Jordan. Uh, he's done it all in his baseball background. Some hitting, some outfield, a whole lot of recruiting. Uh, recently joined Jay Johnson's staff at LSU. Uh, Josh, first off, when you joined LSU, I mean, it, it, it's like a whirlwind time. You know, I remember we had Nolan Kane on last year when he went over to Texas A&M with those guys, and he was like, you know, I was signing like house papers at one point, talking to a guy in the portal at the other point. I've got some freshman DMing me from high school. Like, have you been able to catch your breath at all um, and kind of, you know, taking it all in, settle your feet down a little bit and kind of find your groove a little bit? First of all, thanks for having me on. I, I really appreciate the opportunity, Dustin and Drew. This is, um, yeah. uh, again, a great opportunity for me. Enjoy talking baseball with you guys because you're both ba great baseball people. Uh, but to answer your question, um, every day it gets a little bit easier, okay? Uh, well, I guess I should say a little more comfortable, I guess. It's never, it's, never easy. it's never easy in this league. It's never easy at this level. But every day you're getting a little bit more comfortable. But you're exactly right. Uh, it can be a whirlwind, um, especially in today's age of recruiting. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, with, a, with, you know, again, recruiting the younger age guys and then obviously – having the opportunity to, to, to look into the portal and, and so forth, which Coach Johnson has done a really good job with. And, um, and so you look at it and go, okay, yeah, we're – the two types of ability that I think are the most important ability in any, anyone is availability and flexibility. And so at this level, you have to be available all the time. It's, it's, it's a light-zone culture here at LSU, and so you got to be available. And, and then you got to be flexible at this level as well. Yeah, you got to – get your family moved and also talk with um, a guy who's entering his sophomore year of high school at the same time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, you know, you've had a long extensive career. Uh, you've recruited at a bunch of different levels, Juco, App State, um, Duke, now LSU. Talk a little bit about what changes as far as what you're looking for on the recruiting path, if anything, you know, I know a lot of it's the same stuff and it's good baseball players and talent, obviously, but have you seen a change, you know, is there a difference when you're going from field to field, looking at, at players, whether you're at an app state mid-major, whether you're at an ACC school at Duke, that's, you know, known more of an academic private institution. And now at one of the landmark jobs in college baseball, LSU. Uh, yes, there are some differences. Um, I've got asked that question a lot. I, I see it. If anyone asks me to say, what is one of your strengths? Um, I never claim to be the smartest guy in the room or anything like that. I think, but I do think one of my strengths is I've coached at every level mm -hmm. and you've kind of outlined those levels. And what I would tell you is there are really good players at every level of college right. baseball. Right. There is. And uh, right. I think you guys recognize that. And as a recruiting guy at every level, you're also looking for a player that can. When I was at Young Harris Junior College, I was looking for a guy that could grow and develop and to be a, a guy that could play in Baton Rouge for LSU. And and uh, and, and so you're always looking for talent. Uh, and so, yes, th those things are consistent across the board. The difference being here at LSU, um, this is the biggest stage. This is the brightest lights. Uh, and I think when you're really looking at a young man to come to Baton Rouge and, and to compete at this league, yeah, there's a talent factor um, and a talent level that that young man has to have. But then he also, you better be sure about that sixth tool. 
uh, in terms of his ability to, to grind through adversity, because like I've said moments ago in, in opening is uh, nothing in this league is given to you. Nothing here is easy. Uh, this is a league that demands your best every single day. And yeah. so, um, and so, yeah, you have to really do your research, do your homework. And the nice thing is at LSU, you do attract those individuals more often right. than not. And so, um, and so, yeah, so you have to, at LSU, kind of sort through who fits you best and who fits the system best. Um, and, and I think that every day I'm learning a little bit more about what Coach Johnson's looking for and what he values on the field and off the field. And, and um, I know character for Coach Johnson is a big deal. And uh, right. we spend a lot of time working to try to identify who are guys that have the character to compete at this league, in this level and in this league. Yeah, speaking of that, you know, with LSU comes those expectations and things like that. And I think the players that you get understand that, but they don't really truly understand it until they get there and kind of go through it. Um, you know, what did you learn as you're coming up? You know, Fort Hayes, Young Harris. I know you had some background, some background with Charlie Blackman. Like over the years, what are maybe some things that you learned that you look for, and I being able to identify that sort of makeup or that sort of you know that sixth tool that becomes, you know, increasingly more valuable when you get to an LSU or Duke or places like that where the heightened expectations um, can put pressure on these guys to perform. Is there anything kind of in your background or over the years you kind of learn to look for that, you know what, I like a guy that takes the field this way, I like a guy that takes at bats this way, or, or something about a guy's personality that kind of, you know, jot a little note down and said, yeah, I think this guy has what it takes to handle these types of environments. Well, I think there's two things. Number one, um, you have to try to identify if that young man is process driven uh, and everyone uses process. And um, what does that mean? Is, is there a system in place around that young man? And does he show a commitment to that system? Whatever may be, whatever facility he's at, whatever individual he's working with, is he committed to that system? And is there longevity with that system? You know, is it is it in the summer? I'm doing this now in the fall. I've, I've made some changes and now I'm over here. And then in the springtime or next summer, I may transition and try this. And so we're looking for consistency. And, and you can't have a great process without having consistency. And and uh, so you're looking for that when you really do your background on the guy. I think that's really, really important. Uh, and, and then the other piece of it is you're always trying. One of the questions I always ask coaches, especially the high school coach, and we talk with the high school coach here at LSU. We really believe in that. Uh, we feel like that that individual should be engaged in the process. So one of the questions I always ask is, um, how does that young man respond when someone else does well? Because I think that's really, really important at a place like LSU. Um, this lineup, this roster is full of stars, mm-hmm. uh, from Dylan Cruz to Paul scheme for Tommy White to Trey Morgan, Jordan Thompson, and, and on and on. And same thing on the mound, Grant Taylor, Thatcher Hurd. I mean, all of those individuals are going to have their name called very early in the major league draft at some point in time. And so, and all those individuals are going to perform. And so can you come together and have a team? I know one of the things Coach Johnson's really focusing on right now is emphasizing we have a great collection of talent but we're working really hard this fall and this this spring to become the best team that we can possibly be. And and I think we're well on our way. We've been really pleased with what we've seen this, uh, this, far, uh, this fall. Yeah, you know, like you said, the, the wealth of knowledge that you've had from recruiting at different levels, um, you know, you have a lot of experience with that. 
you know, one of the things that we try to do with this podcast and in our roles now is try to educate people on the process, you know, and there's, there's so much misleading information out there, you know, whether, you know, you, you talk to a lot of parents that, that have never been through it and it's a complex thing for people that have lived in this world for, you know, 20 plus years and the recruiting stuff, but it changes. Um, what are some things that you've seen or you've experienced and with your um, with your time at all the different levels that you would you would tell parents or want more parents to know when it comes to how to handle the, the process or, you know, how to communicate with coaches or anything along those lines? Well, the way I go about it in the recruiting process, when I meet with the family, um, probably the best way to describe it is the same way we coach. Um, even though we receive talented players here at LSU and, and we've coached talented players um, in the past at different places, you always coach with the knowledge that they know nothing. There's nothing that, that you have to coach at all. Uh, and you never assume. And that's the way I approach the recruiting process. When I sit down with the family, we're very thorough. We try to go very slow. Uh, we try to help them understand how we do it, what's important, and try to learn what's important for them. And, and also emphasize that it, it's their process and they right. can't find themselves looking left and right. No different than what they, they should do yeah. as a player. You can't look left and right. Well, that guy's committed over here. This guy's doing that. And, and, and so I, I always say, you know, you, you know, work your process, um, you know, work to your schedule and your timeline as a recruit and as a family. And, 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 you know, I was, you know, and I'm always sensitive to the fact that, you know, I was a first generation college student and I was the first person in my family to have an opportunity to be recruited. So when my, my parents sat down in that chair in an office and I was going through the process many, many moons ago and it, and it looked very different for me um, than it does nowadays, I, I still sit there and go back to the very basics. You have to educate people and not only their your institution and what you're about as a program, but then you also have to educate them on how you do things because everyone does it different. Okay. It's right. no different than, no different in, 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 in making a decision to, to be part of a travel organization or be part of a certain facility. How do you do it here? I think that's just a very simple and basic question that we try to work through slowly and make sure the family understands. Right. Uh, speaking of the education process, you know, we try to stress with players that, you guys as coaches only have so much time on the road, you know, like, like, yeah, you'd like to get out to high school games, but your season's going on. And this summer, if you're fortunate enough, you're playing deep in, into the, the postseason, you're getting an Omaha trip in, and then you're kind of cramming a lot of your evaluation time into a short window there. So we tell these kids like, Hey, you've got to give these guys a reason to stay at your field and watch you, you know, and especially at LSU, you're picking from a lot of the top talent level there. When, when you're, in person and you're at a game, you know, what are a couple of things that you're looking for that make you want to stay on a guy besides the, Hey, he throws really hard. He's got a quick arm. He's got some raw power. What are, what are maybe some kind of some things that you see like, yeah, you know what? I like this guy. I'm going to jot this name down. This is a guy that stands out for us. Yeah. And it's going to sound like coach speak um, because I know these guys see it on social media and, and, and hear it in so many quote unquote motivational talks and, and so forth. But um, it truly is the, the way you measure that six tool is, is the way you do things when no one's looking, when the spotlight's not on you. And um, that's, that's a sign of true character. 
And what do you do off the baseball? That's what I talk about a lot is what do you do off the baseball? If you're an outfielder, do you back up throws? Uh, if you're a catcher, do you back up first base on ground balls? Um, are you communicating? For me, a big thing is, and, and we have to coach this more now than I think we used to, is I coach our catchers and we have to coach a lot about just the verbal call about where the baseball is and where the baseball is headed. I look for that. And if a guy is taking charge with great communication, not just talking, being loud and trying to get noticed is not, is very different than trying to be known. I'm looking for the guy that's in the ball game that's trying to be known. And what I mean by that is the way he plays, the way he, he goes about his business. Those guys will get known. Um, Plenty of things you can do on the baseball field to get noticed, good and bad. But do you, are you consistent with that? When I call your high school coach, does he mention that? When I call your travel coach, does he mention that? Now we're getting things like, here's goes back to the process. There's a level of consistency with it. When you hear it over and over again, uh, where there's smoke, there's probably fire. And mm -hmm. so when you consistently hear those things, you feel really good about, you know, what you're, the guy you're recruiting, the guy you potentially bring into campus. Yeah, so this being your first year in the SEC, I know you've played a lot of marquee places, um, having been in the in the ACC before. Um, what are you looking forward to most about going through your first SEC season? <laughs> uh, We've had question. another coach on here call it the League of No Mercy. So uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's going to be a grind for sure. No, no question. I mean, you know that coming into it. But honestly, what I'm really, really looking forward to the most is getting the opportunity to, to be in the dugout with Coach Johnson, our head coach. Um, I've watched him coach and, 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 and run his teams from afar for a very long time. And it's been something I've tried to, to look and learn from, uh, from a distance. Now I get the opportunity to, to be in the dugout and, and be on the same field and with him daily and so honestly it's not one thing it's just I'm really I mean at practice when I got the practice plan I mean literally I've got one right here I mean it's it's full of practice notes things that I'm writing down that he's saying just so I right. can speak his language to our players because right. I think that's something that's really important and so for me that's something I'm really looking forward to and something I'm trying to embrace and and the same thing goes on the pitching side of it I coach our catchers so I get a front row seat to what Wes Johnson gets to do every day. Um, and you're talking about the best in the business and Wes Johnson, yeah. in my opinion. And uh, I knew a little bit about how good he was before coming on board here. I've learned how good he is <laughs> in terms of since I've been on board here. And the same thing goes with the rest of our coaching staff. I tweeted last week on National Coaches Day about we're surrounded or I am surrounded by a bunch of developers here at LSU. It's it's great to attract talent, and we're going to do that LSU with being a marquee program like you mentioned. That being said, those marquee players are also going to develop here, and uh, there's a great system in place, and Coach Johnson does an unbelievable job of spearheading that. Yeah, that's, that's a great point, you know, the development side. Yeah. You know, you guys obviously aren't the only program that's going to attract a lot of talent. That's that's kind of a – especially in your league, that's kind of a given. But sometimes we see that these programs can really separate themselves um, on a development side. Can you give us an example of, like, what that looks like, what that sounds like? What what does that mean to LSU, you know, when they get their guys in their system and and, and, and talk about player development and bringing the best out of those guys, not just in terms of talent and skill, but also between the years as well? Yeah, I think sometimes we tend to 
oversimplify our game. Um, this is a complex game that's that's filled with complex movements. Mm-hmm. And and we know that because if if that wasn't true, we wouldn't need all the technology that we have now in our game. And 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 Wes Johnson's at the forefront uh, of technology. And there's a lot of people that have technology uh, that have pitching labs just like us and, and have force plates and those things. And it's great to have a nice lab. Um, but I think we have the best scientists here at LSU. And, and I think, and, and I mean that in terms of Wes Johnson, our pitching sure. coach, and obviously Jay Johnson, our head coach. Both those guys do an unbelievable job of, it's one thing to regurgitate data. It's another thing to take the complex uh, and be able to, to make it in a form that a player can understand it and grasp it and apply it. Science without application is just, it's just data. And that's right. just the truth. And and I think having a great scientist like Wes Johnson and 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 Jay Johnson running the ship here as the head coach, it really, really allows our players to free up around the data and play the right way and 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 take that take those that information and apply it in a competitive setting, which is ultimately what we're doing here. We're we're not running um you know, experiments here on the mound and experiments at the plate. We're competing mm. for championships at LSU. And so um, that's ultimately what you're trying to do with that information. And I think our guys are doing it better than anybody. Yeah. You know, a lot of people say that athletics is often the kind of the front porch to a university's, you know, house, right? And that that's what everyone sees. So everyone knows, you know, about the LSU atmosphere when it comes to football games, when it comes to baseball games, the history there, you know, but a lot of people, you know, that's the obvious stuff that you can find and see real quick. You know, the the other stuff as far as like the student experience, Baton Rouge itself, you know, that's what that's what people don't see all the time when they're going through the recruiting process. So talk a little bit about Baton Rouge, the student experience and you know, what, what you guys, you know, promote to your players and, and what a, you know, what's life like as an LSU Tiger baseball player? Well, I, 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 th- I love your analogy and I think, uh, and I've heard it before and I think it's a great one in terms of athletics being the front porch uh, of a university and, and what people first see. Uh, and if athletics is the front porch and it is here at LSU, we've got the biggest rocking chair. Um, this is the hardest ticket to get in town. And right. uh, I've learned that. And, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm excited about that this coming spring. And one of the things I know uh, moving my family here uh, from Durham, North Carolina to Baton Rouge is uh, I really learned to appreciate um, the diversity of this state uh, and the mm-hmm. diversity of this community. Um, that's something that I've really grown to really like and, and I'm continuing to learn more about. I, I said in a meeting about the history of Louisiana, probably the second week of the job here. Uh, and, and it's provided a great thing provided by the athletic department for all of us new coaches to learn more about the state. And, and, right. um, and, um, and it's so neat and so cool. And so the diversity, the, the people here, the food scene, everything is really, really cool. And, and um, again, it's nice to be part of a college town and in a state where I think, in my opinion, we're the professional team. Right. And uh, and so I, I think that's something that we continue to talk about with recruits. Um, when you come here and be part of this athletic department and part of this university, um, you know, it's a great experience and enhances uh, your college experience just because of all that's afforded to you here at LSU in terms of just visibility, 
the resources, the facilities, all those things. And, and that's part of this community. I mean, they're so intertwined. It really is. And even something as simple as, and maybe fly, I mean, we've got Marucci right here, right down the road. Um, mm-hmm. That's a big part of this community and, and, um, and, and how they're intertwined with Jack and, and, and everyone over there in their offices that, that are Kurt Ainsworth and, and Justin Cryer and all those guys are so yeah. tied into not only our university, but this community. And so uh, I love that as part of, it's a true college town, uh, very different than something that maybe I've been a part of in the past. Was there was there ever uh you know you kind of mentioned one of our buzzwords Drew Drew and I get distracted when anybody talks about food and I start thinking about <laughs> South Louisiana in there but was there ever like kind of an aha moment where you're like okay yeah I'm 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 at LSU now like whether it was a meal a conversation you know maybe Dylan Cruz smacks one 110 miles an hour over the wall like was there ever kind of a moment like oh yeah I'm, I'm my feet are in a different soil right now. Well, there's, there's probably two of them. One being um, the the when Coach Johnson texted me Coach Bertman's number and said you need to call oh, wow. and check in with Coach Bertman, and so um, you know I I called Coach Bertman and um, he didn't pick up, and I said, well, geez, we're off to a bad start. <laughs> didn't take my call, um, but actually he he called back minutes later and, and we spoke and that was very much a, a, a surreal moment for me having growing up and watching his teams compete. And, and uh, so that was a surreal moment. And the other one probably throwing BP here the first day to this lineup uh, when <laughs> Dylan Cruz steps in and Paul Skeens steps in and Tommy White steps in and Trey Morgan and, and so on and so on throwing BP to those guys so sitting there going, geez, and I don't know what it feels like to put BP maybe for the New York Yankees. And, uh, <laughs> right. and, 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 uh, and so uh, th- those two things probably, but having a chance to talk with Coach Bergman, had lunch with him the other day and, and, and it was a three hour lunch and uh-huh. it didn't feel like a three, and it didn't feel like a three hour lunch. That guy right. just pours in, that guy just pours into you and um, really loved that experience. And I think it's something that's, you know, really, really cool to have him around. Yeah, you know, like Dustin mentioned, the, the food thing, Carolina, the Carolinas are known for their style of barbecue. Uh, you can, there's a number of ways you can go in Louisiana with your food preferences. What's the, do you have a spot yet? Is there a place that you, that everyone you have to go to in, in Baton no, Rouge? It's, well, everyone's making suggestions. And again, the food scene, <laughs> scene here is unbelievable. <laughs> I do want to get some like authentic gumbo. Because I asked, uh, I asked our administrative uh, assistant, Miss V, probably the first couple of days. I said, "Hey, where's a great place in town to go um, get gumbo?" She goes, "You don't go to a restaurant to get good gumbo." <laughs> yeah. I, said, I said, "Okay, well, 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 who makes good gumbo?" And and I said, "If you're making gumbo, I'll come over. Just let yeah. me know." And, and, yeah, um, I was going to say her so house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll come to your house. And so, uh, but you know, obviously, you know, we've tried a lot of different locations. There's a lot of good places here to eat. And um, you know, again, uh, I haven't found the spot yet. I really haven't. I really haven't. But um, again, um, I'm excited. To, one thing I haven't done is done the actual crawfish thing yet. I haven't done that yet. I'm going to do that. Uh, that's on the to-do list. Uh, but I want someone who knows. And, and and can take me to the right spot for that and i'm probably gonna ask miss b to do that so yeah that that yeah ask the locals that's always that's always the way in on that stuff i crawfish i know dustin you're a crawfish guy aren't you oh yeah oh yeah see i like it, too I much work put them down I, 
Yeah. No, it's, if someone would go and, and peel them for me and all that, then, then I'll do it. But it's a, it's a lot of work. Oh, so. that's, well, that's, that's part a, of the fun. Yeah. You sit there with the cold one and you're tearing through there and you're having a conversation and about four hours go by and uh, it doesn't fill you up either. So it's good. Well, Dustin, yeah. you're, you're, that's, that's your job now. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I've, I've got to, I've got to get Drew to, uh, to a legitimate, um, you know, crawfish bowl. You're talking to the guy that had his rehearsal dinner at Shoal Creek Saloon in Austin, which is the LSU Cajun place down in Austin. So I, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll take care of him for sure. Um, you know, Josh, we're, we're probably going to have a lot of LSU fans tuning in here. Um, you know, I know you guys just got started in the fall, but, any names that are that are kind of sticking out? Obviously, there's the there's the huge names. You know, we know about a lot yeah. of the guys you've mentioned. But um, any guys that kind of have, have turned some heads already, or you guys are fired up about now? That you guys have had a couple workouts in. Yeah, obviously the the guys that every, everybody kind of knows. I hate to say household names, but the, the guys that you know that perennially pop up whenever you mm-hmm. talk LSU in this roster. Um, you know, but there's some other guys that have been really really impressive. I mean, these freshmen are talented. They are very, very talented. Uh, Brady Neal, left-hand hidden catcher, um, has played really, really well early on. And and um, Paxton Kling, Gavin Shores. There's some of these freshmen are really, really talented. And mm-hmm. um, and it's 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 a good pro- a problem to have is when you've got those young guys being as talented as you are as we have them and and as talented as they are, pushing those older guys because mm-hmm. all that does is iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. And there's right. a lot of competition right now out here in the in 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 the in the, in the scrimmage setting and and each and every day in a practice setting and uh, the fans that showed up I think we were probably right around you know two thousand people ever scrimmage this past wow. weekend it, that yeah. that was pretty pretty neat to see and and uh, those fans that showed up and came out um, to the ballpark they got their money's worth in terms of seeing a high end uh, college baseball game and. Um, and they saw a lot of talent running around, but I've been really pleased with these freshmen. And uh, they're, you know, again, we still have a long way to go to be the best team we can possibly be. Um, but we're off to a great start. I'd rather try to do that with 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 talent than not any talent. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yes, yeah. Increase that margin of error a little bit with with all that talent there. Yeah, exactly. You know, and and I know obviously some of it was before you that you got there this summer. Some of it was after. Uh, but LSU was big player in, in the portal um, this summer, you know, talk a little bit about just as a recruiting coordinator, you know, what, how does, how do you decide and how does coach Johnson decide how, how you're going to balance that? You know, what, what is it more need-based? Are you looking for certain positions? You know, cause I think, you know, there's a fine line and there's a delicate mix of how you want to recruit. You know, I know obviously, LSU's done a great job early in the recruiting process with some young guys, but it's it's impossible to ignore what they did in the portal this year. Talk a little bit about, you know, what kind of decisions y'all have to make when it comes to the portal versus recruiting, um, you know, at the on the younger side, guys coming out of high school. Yeah, I, I think I think there's two ways to look at this, and, and I only will speak about kind of our situation. Sure. Um, I, I would I would say. Um, don't mistake quality for quantity. I feel like because of, of the way we've gone about it here, just like in high school with the high school player, you know, if you look at our recruiting classes, they're not overly large recruiting classes. Right. Um, 
our recruiting is very need-based to use your phrase. And I think that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Same thing happens in the portal. We only brought right. in five transfers. Right. Um, the average, the, uh, the average college baseball program is bringing in 8.3 transfers right. last year. That's yeah. the, and so we're below the college average, for example, and I don't mind saying this cause I work there yeah. at Duke university, we recruited eight to, to, right. to for this fall. And so, right. um, and so I say, I say, we even had less than Duke university. So I, I wouldn't mistake quality for quantity. Uh, mm-hmm. We have some quality guys and they're going to make yeah. impact. And I think, yes. and I think that's what, how we're going to approach it going forward. We're always, we owe it to, to, to the players that have been part of this program. And we owe it to the coaches that have helped build this program, like coach Bertman to bring in the best possible talent we can. Right. And, uh, and if that means through the portal, we're always going to surround ourselves with great players. And that's, we owe it to Dylan Cruz. Dylan Cruz needs protection in this lineup. Well, right. well, Coach Johnson did a great job of Coach Dylan Cruz has poured <laughs> his heart and soul into this program, right. and Coach Johnson went out and did that. He found protection for for Dylan Cruz, and so you may can pitch around Dylan Cruz, but there's another guy behind him ready to 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 hit, and and so we owe it to him, Dylan, and we owe it to the people that have come before us to always bring in talented players. And I tell guys all the time, if 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 you want to play with the best at the best, and this is a good fit for you, LSU. Um, and, and so, uh, we're never going to shy away from bringing in talent. And I think we're always drew to, to kind of, you know, put a bow on out and I guess is, yeah. you know, we're always just going to use it as a way to, to enhance where we are, because right. if we don't recruit them, someone is right. And so, yeah. so yeah. yeah, so we, so yeah, do we, you want to play with them or against them? Against yeah. them. And it's just, it's, that's just a reality of playing big boy college baseball. And that's what we're right. at. Right. Speaking of bringing in the talent, I know you guys want to want to own Louisiana and, and those surrounding areas there. But I know Drew and I, we would always go through looking at some of our lists and things like that. Is uh, we were always extremely impressed that when Duke came to Texas, they were they were getting some guys out of Texas. You know, like, and I know that's 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 somewhere that you guys are going to recruit as well. Um, you know, what is it about that state or about that area that you think? you know, produces quality baseball talent and the type the type of talent that, you know, the big boy programs are going to go there to try to recruit each year. Yeah, no different than at, at Duke. It's no different here at LSU. I think philosophically, um, we, we felt like at Duke, we wanted a big physical player because mm-hmm. even though – even though baseball in the SEC isn't a contact sport, it is a physical sport and it's a physical right. league. And so you have to bring in a certain level of physicality uh, into your lineup. And I think Texas is just a state because of football growing up and 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 the the mindset there around the weight room and and all those things away from the field in terms of development, you're able to go into that state and and attract and and recruit a really, really physical, physically gifted athlete. Uh, and that's not going to change here at LSU. We're still going to to go into that state and be laser focused in, in who we target. And uh, I think we got some great targets already in, in mind and, and pursuing those guys currently. And and, um, and that's not going to change, not going to change at all. So, yeah. Um, you know, one of the last things before we wrap up, Dustin, I always ask this question to everyone. You know, we we none of us were fortunate enough to play in the NIL era. Right. So we didn't we didn't have all these things to choose from of sponsorships and or, or whatnot. But if 
if Josh Jordan was a player right now looking for NIL deals, what, what kind of stuff would excite you? You know, for like for Dustin and I, it was always, it's always food related. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. (laughs) this doesn't, there is no reservation, no hesitation with this. (laughs) One of my passions away from the field is fishing. So I would try to, I I would try to get engaged with something to do with fishing, whether it be, bait whether it be rod and reel it doesn't matter i would be on the lookout for anything that i could uh endorse and 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 i'd embrace anything fish that came out there you go so, uh yeah I, we try new you know do a purple and gold fishing lure and 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 oh, uh or something okay. like that creative. something that you know yeah something All creative right. or, so um, so what are we fishing for in or in... Or, or a fishing lure that maybe had like wes's picture on it like on the front <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, wes johnson's picture yeah yeah so, so what are we fishing for in in louisiana like have you got any What's time tiger at all bait tiger bait exactly tiger bait. <laughs> no, i um, set you up for that one <laughs> you did uh no Honestly, you know, we haven't had time to do that yet. Once our fall season concludes, yeah. I'm going to take my son and we're going to go do some fishing. But um, we don't, we're not really picky. If it's biting, we're catching it. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Yeah. It's, it, we don't care. We don't care at all. So uh, I'm going to obviously like, just like the gumbo, I'm going to, I'm going to lean on some locals to tell me where to yeah. go. And, and, um, and we're going to go try to catch some fish a little bit later on. Yeah. Yeah. You might be careful. You might get on one of those big old boats and uh you, you might end up with, with some alligators and everything else around there. That's that's all I'm all I'm all about it. That's yeah, just, there you, go. <laughs> you knew you knew what you're signing up for. The expectations at LSU and the potential that uh you know you might find yourself fishing with a couple alligators nearby. But Josh, thanks so much for taking the time, man. We really appreciate it. Uh we know you're busy. Um really looking forward to what you guys are doing at LSU. A really exciting season ahead and and what you guys continue to do on the recruiting trail. Um, thanks so much for taking the time. I know we learned something from this, and I, I certainly know a lot of players, parents, and certainly those, those LSU fans out there have learned something today as well. Drew, Dustin, thank you so much. I appreciate the time again. Um, honored you guys would have me on. I think you're doing great things. Keep it up. And um, Dustin, you crawfish time. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we'll, hey, we'll, I'll, we'll I'll, I'll eat them. I'll eat them if y'all – peel them that's okay. no you're, you gotta, yeah, you're yeah. gonna have to peel at least a couple of them we gotta get you right. peeling a couple of them well that's like baiting your own hook you <laughs> yeah. well i mean well okay uh, <laughs> we'll, work, we'll work on them josh and we'll have a podcast dedicated specifically to drew's crawfish experience so <laughs> i'm there i'm there just let me know all right, all right. thank you josh thank Take you care. so much all, all right, right Thanks again to LSU's Josh Jordan for jumping on and joining the Five Tool Podcast. Uh, great stuff there. Uh, really, really impressive guy. It's it's unsurprising to see that you know he's kind of rose through the ranks through um, what was it saying like like Fort what was it Fort Harris and and uh, mm-hmm. uh, what let me look through here App State obviously Young Harris Fort Hayes. You know, he's kind of seen it at every level, um, you know, Juco level. I believe he played D2, kind of worked his way up all the way through and just a really impressive guy. Um, thinking back to some of the stuff he talked about, I thought it was really interesting to hear him discuss, you know, when they're evaluating kids are really doing their background check and trying to figure out that sixth tool. And, you know, do you as a player have a commitment to a process or do you have a process even? And do you have a commitment to that process to, uh, put in the work and, and believe in it and stick with it because, you know, we know and, and they know better than we do that when you get to that type of program and that type of level, 
you've got to have something like that in place. And then you've got to be able to adapt to LSU's process and so on and so forth. So it's really interesting to hear him as a guy that we know does a ton of recruiting, just us, you know, trying to find that, that sixth tool and that commitment to process and things like that. Yeah. Well, and on top of that, another thing that I really like that he said is when talking about the recruiting process is you can't look left and you can't look right. And I thought that was a, a great um, reminder, a great idea as far as, uh, for parents, kids to hear, because it is, it's, it, if you get caught up in comparing yourself and, and, you know, looking around and saying, well, why do they want this guy? I'm better than that guy, all that kind of stuff. You know, it all happens differently at different times for different people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the, the only thing you can do is, you know, control the things that you can control. And if you, if you get caught up, you know, wondering why, different schools are offering different people, you're going to be miserable. Yeah. Um, and especially with social media, like it is now, it's tough to do. It's a lot easier said than done for sure. But, you know, I, I think that that was something that he said that was real important. And, you know, he emphasized like, you know, the recruiting happens at different stages for everyone. They have yeah. some young recruits, they have some 23s that they're still going after, and then they go after needs in the portal. So, you know, I just, it's something that we talk about a lot. You know, I hear it a lot from parents, parents of 24s, parents of 25s that are panicking, wondering, you know, what are they going to do? What are their options? Well, there's plenty of options. And, you know, again, I'll, I'll reiterate that I know it's easier said than done and it's impossible to ignore, but, you know, the, the, controlling the things that you can control in the process is, is the best way to go about it because, if you don't, you're going to drive yourself crazy. Um, and, you know, timing is everything on a lot yeah. of these things. Being in front of the right person at the right time, you know, we've, we've seen guys get offered off of, you know, a 10-pitch inning, and that's it, you know. Yeah. And, and, and some guys take until during their senior year or after their senior year, or, you know, you don't end up in the place that you ultimately want to be until after a couple years in junior college. So, yeah. you know, just taking it one day at a time, controlling what you can control in the process. I thought that was a great message from him. And this is a guy for who's doing it at the very top level, one of the top programs historically and currently out there. So I thought that was important. I love to hear him say that, um, you know, and, and you just got to see some intentionality with how LSU recruits, you know, yeah. it's, it, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot deeper, um, deeper digging going on from that coaching staff than, then you might think for a place that can just go out and pick whoever they want, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah, you know, they're recruiting the top of the top talent, but, you know, as Josh explained, and it's obvious that they do a ton of work on figuring out, you know, who you are as a player and as a person. I really appreciated hearing him say how much they they talk to high school coaches because that's something yeah. you and I both believe in a lot is, um, you know, we obviously at Five Tool, you know, we love – summer travel baseball and fall baseball and the value in it. And it's a fantastic opportunity for kids to get exposure. And we see it all the time, guys perform at our events. And a week later, you know, they're getting commitments, Um, you know, but we know also too, that high school baseball, it's, it's only about winning. That's all it's about. You know, it's, you know, there's, there's no, like the, the coach doesn't like, you don't just show up and you get guaranteed playing time. Like you've got to win. So I, I really appreciate hearing him say, Hey, we talk to the high school coaches a lot because 
you get in those settings and like there might be crowds there there might be unique pressure it's it's just a little bit different so i appreciate you hearing that and, and i'm going to show that i i covered shaka smart for a long long time because i'm going to give two shaka isms about what you were talking about he used to say all the time that comparison is the thief of joy you know he'd be talking about yeah. his players that you know when a muhammad bamba comes in muhammad bamba's on a different path and a different level right now than than like a Royce Ham was, you know, trying to talk right. to those guys about, hey, like, don't compare yourself to all these other players and what's going on with those guys, you know, just stay with what you're doing, you know, because if you start comparing yourself all the time, you're going to start, oh, you know, oh, is me, why is this kid committing or why is this kid getting offered or why is this or that or whatever, like, and another shockism, you know, everybody's running their own race, like everybody develops at different times, everybody's going to re- right. get recruited differently and all that sort of thing. So to hear a guy that's, Doing it at the LSU level, which if you start calling role of the top, you know, kind of recruiting and baseball programs in college baseball, uh, I don't know how many programs you're calling before LSU. So to hear a guy that's doing it at that level discuss those types of things, I think was was great to hear because it's something that I always, always try to talk to parents about, especially those really young players, is you have so much time don't get caught up in, in comparing yourself to all these other kids that might be committing um, and things like that. And uh, it was also cool to hear, you know, we're college baseball junkies. I mean, you doing it forever at Texas, me covering Texas and doing the college world series and all that stuff. Like it was cool to hear him discuss like being at LSU, you know, like yeah. throwing batting oh, practice yeah. to those guys, like, like having 2000 fans in the stands uh, for scrimmages. Like it, it's just one of those programs that's like, that's what college baseball is about when it's at its best. And you could tell that, um, you know, that, that element and also the West Johnson element talking about, you know, I'm an analytics, you know, development nerd. And I thought it was a very, very good point that you can have all this data and you can have all these devices, but if you don't know what to do with it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> You've got to know what to do with it when you're developing those guys. And it sounds like that, uh, you know, bringing Wes Johnson in with that staff, uh, they're definitely heading in the right direction on that side. Yeah, well, you know, you know that one of my biggest hobbies is always I love coaching searches. Yeah, trying to figure trying to figure out fit and and who belongs where and who would do well there. You know, it's kind of like the recruiting, like fit matters. And I think that um, Coach Johnson has done an incredible job assembling a staff. Right, like all the things that he tends to, 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 to do in that regard, he, he hires good coaches mm-hmm. and it's, and it's, a, and they're very complimentary of each other as far as their roles and their experience. You know, you've got a guy that's been a big league pitching coach in West Johnson, a guy who's also in West Johnson done it in the sec, you know, when he was the pitching coach at Arkansas. So he's got a track record. You've got a guy with Josh Jordan who has, recruited nationally for a long time, you know, and he's got a, he has a background in relationships in junior college. Mm-hmm. He's worked in the ACC at a private school. So he understands how you're supposed to recruit nationally, you know? And so, I mean, given a guy like that, who's just a known grinder, yeah. um, the, the keys to a Corvette, so to speak, you know, going to LSU, I mean, but also at the same time, he knows how to do the research. He knows how to dig and find those things that aren't as obvious, just watching BP or watching mm-hmm. guys in all-star games, you know, and that's what you get from those high school coaches. It's just, it's another good data point. And like you were talking about on the high school coaches, you know, they get who they get, 
as players, right? You know, so they're not responsible for selling their program and recruiting like some of like some of the um, like some of the summer ball teams do, mm-hmm. you know. And I've been in it for a long time. Like some summer league coaches are a lot more honest about players than others. Oh yeah, right. And and you know, finding those right guys um, is is crucial when it comes to this because you know it, it sounds easy to go to a place like LSU or Texas and just pick the cream of the crop. But if you're competing for a national championship, you know, everybody's good, right? Mm-hmm. There's, there's a baseline of talent that everybody has when you get to the world series, but figuring out, Hey, is this, you know, 300 hitter that hits 30 home runs? Is he a better, is he better in a big situation than this 300 hitter that hit 30 home runs? Mm-hmm. So those are the little tiny separating things that the best staffs capitalize on. And, you know, it's, it's going to be exciting to see um, how LSU continues to put this thing together over the next couple of years. Yeah. And I really, really enjoyed hearing him say, you know, one of the things I watch is how players him handle other teammates success yep. because at the top levels of college baseball, like you said, you're going to be surrounded by a lot of very, very <clears throat> talented players. Can you handle being okay with like, Hey, the guy playing in front of you or the guy sharing, you know, the infield with you or the outfield, whether that guy's a star, like, are you okay with that? You know, like, are you bought into the, it's about us. It's about winning. It doesn't matter how it happens. Or are you going to be that person that thinks you're a star and you know, you're kind of, oh, I don't know why this guy's playing in front of me or, Oh yeah. So-and-so hit a couple homers again, but why is anybody paying attention to me? Like that's really critical because you know it better than I, a lot of these programs have similar talent levels, but you get to Omaha or you get deep in the postseason. It's about the best teams that win. It's about the best collection of chemistry and makeup and how everybody's pulling in the right direction. And you can have really, really talented teams that start pulling in around directions and thinking about themselves that, that, you know, come up against a team that has lesser talent, but it's just a better baseball team. So I thought it was fascinating to hear him say that it's, it's something I haven't heard um, a coach say in a while but it's it's true is you know can you handle your teammates having success and it seems silly to say that uh but that that is a thing when you start getting those mega talented players uh that maybe start kind of looking around and, and aren't okay with sharing a lot of the spotlight yeah definitely i mean it, it matters you know the, the the a lot of time it's why the the number you know the number one team or the number one seed a lot of times doesn't end up winning in in baseball like right you know the in baseball, it's such a game of adversity. And a lot of times you just see those teams that, you know, had long periods of struggle throughout the season, mm-hmm. um, but they overcome it and get hot at the right time. And then nothing seems hard after that. I remember my freshman year, we won the national championship. We had to go through Ole Miss in that super regional. And like they, that team, that was one of the most loaded college baseball teams I've ever seen and playing in one of the most ruckus environments that there is in college baseball nothing topped that experience in oxford for me on a baseball scale as a visiting team ever but that was my freshman year and you know i remember very vividly my road roommate who was a senior who had been been to omaha three times including winning as a freshman we lost game one and he came back we got back to the hotel room and he he told me he said if we win this super regional we'll win the national championship and sure enough like that super regional was an absolute all out war. Mm -hmm. And 
Then you look at how the World Series win. We just kind of cakewalked through it. And he was right. So, you know, a lot of times that that adversity is what matters. And then, you know, that's that's where some of the character stuff that Josh mentioned comes into play. Because if you don't have that kind of stuff and you and you're worried about who's on the left and right and you're worried about, you know, you're you don't celebrate your your teammates success, even if it's the guy at your same position, your team's not going to be as good as it can be. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so speaking of teams that uh that appear to be going in the right direction, um man, what what <laughs> what happened at the Cotton Bowl on Saturday? I am still in stunned not like disbelief, but but just like how how good Texas was and how bad Oklahoma was. And I, I, I like as soon as that game started and Dylan Gabriel wasn't playing, I was thinking back to my pick that I made on here. And I'm like, well, I'm going to look stupid because this is not going to be close. They're just, <clears throat> they didn't have the offensive firepower to ever be able to chase that game. Like Oklahoma always has, right. you know, usually getting that setting and they've got the offensive firepower that if they're down 24 points, that ah, doesn't matter. We can, we can make that up in the second half. And just going out there, I, I, I've i never seen a Red River shootout like that. Um, I don't know. I, I don't. I shouldn't say I don't know if I'll ever see one like that again because I have a feeling next year might be like that as well. Um, but, man, I, I can I cannot believe 49 to nothing happened. I, that I'm, was, still, I'm still shocked. Yeah, it was it was I think it was a years of pent up frustration that yeah. all got let out of, uh, out on the field. And, you know, it's different when they can't bring in Caleb Williams in relief like right. they did last year. Um, but, you know, you'll never know in that game. I mean, I just you know, I I'm not going to get too high about it be, before seeing, you know, they just got to keep stacking wins and and taking care of business. But, man, there was a lot to like. I mean, there's one thing is not deniable. Quinn Ewers is different. Oh my like he gosh. Just, he's just, he's a superstar. And yeah. you can just tell, like, I, they, they tweeted out the video of him taking the field. And one of the looked, coolest videos I've ever seen from a college program. No doubt. And, you know, we're obviously, we're biased a little bit, but, um, you know, he goes out, takes the field. And the best part of it to me is when he kind of turned around and kind of surveyed the OU side mm -hmm. and was just, it kind of just looked like a, a predator, you know, looking at it, you know, surveying the victim. Like a gladiator going into the arena, you know? Yeah. This is he, what it's about. He was excited for that part mm -hmm. as much as he was getting down to the Texas end. And it wasn't anything over the top. It wasn't any, you know, chest beating or anything stupid. He just turned around and took it all in and then went to work. And man, he, he's special, but um, yeah, it was, it was, it was an entertaining game to watch. Uh, for sure from from the Texas side of things and but doesn't matter if you don't turn around and stack another yeah. win this week so right. um yeah. you know we've we've gotten excited before so oh boy <laughs> yeah. yeah temper those expectations but you know I I think that Sark's done a good job of um changing that culture and you know he'll he'll get to prove prove that five-star culture or not uh this weekend against the Cyclones I cannot believe that this line is 16 and a half. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, I mean, believe I thought I read somewhere that Iowa state hasn't lost a big 12 game by that much under Matt Campbell. So 
Yeah. yeah. Just well, fast. They, they got like the, the advanced, the advanced numbers, like Texas's drive and play-by-play efficiency numbers, you know, like especially when you adjust for context and opponents and things like that are extremely good. You know, they basically are telling us that Texas is a top 10 team by the data. So yeah. that's where this big number comes in. But man, I uh <laughs> I'm not picking Texas to cover this weekend. I I'm 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 not. I I I think I'm at about like I think I'm at like 38-24, I think. Um, I think Iowa State's going to keep it close early. They're going to kind of do their thing. They're going to try to choke the game a little bit, and, and Texas is just going to end up having a little bit too much at home. But um, I'll, we'll, it, the most fascinating thing will be to see if there's any sort of mental hangover in, early in this game. 11 a.m. kick, coming off of OU, that beat down. Like, how does this team handle that? Um, it'll be interesting to I, see, but um, I'm going to go 16 and a half is massive. So you're going 38, 24. I'm going to uh, go, I'm going to go 34, 17. Okay. Is what I was either going to go 38, 24 or 34, 20, but I knew I, I had about two touchdowns. Um, so yeah, we'll see. And I, I think, actually, I think it'll, I, I think it'll play out a little bit like that UTSA game, but that's a good comparison. Have, Similar they, situation too, coming yeah. off of a very, you know, a big game with Alabama, you know, can you pick yourself back up and get ready to compete right away against a team that you know is going to be well coached and come in there um, definitely capable of pulling off upset? Yeah, it's a good comparison. Um, yeah, let's moving to the NFL. I'm not going to make you rehash. Um, it's the worst teams. Steelers team of my life. I on I was thinking about that the other day. I mean, it's the worst Steelers team of my lifetime. With, with what out, probably. I mean. And yeah. the sad thing is like, Kenny Pickett's actually been pretty good. Like yeah. I saw there's a there's a uh, efficiency stat the other day, and he's like one of the best in the NFL just based on play by play efficiency and situation and all that stuff. But like I'm not calling him the savior by any means, but it's just I didn't think we'd get to a point where I'd be encouraged about Kenny Pickett and be so down on the rest of the team. But um, this will put the test how much the Steelers are committed to Mike Tomlin long term because they're going to be bad. Yeah. I don't yeah. know how many more games are going to win this year. I. Uh, you know, you know, you never know in the NFL, but you're, I mean, you're the draft nerd. Who are we picking in the top five next year? Because that's what we're picking. I mean, is it going to be the Paris Johnson guy from Ohio State? Probably. You need a lineman, but there's no, yeah. there's no like slam yet, dunk yet. There's no like yeah layup um, line. I mean, shoot, if you can get a chance at you throw in. Jalen Carter, or Will Anderson, somewhere in there. Yeah, I mean, uh, opposite of of TJ Watt, like that's that's enticing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, or you may you may need to you you may need to turn a top pick into a bunch of picks and address that offensive line. Or they yeah, whoever needs a quarterback a that wants like a Stroud or somebody like yeah. that, and you know, although he'll yeah. probably end up going number one, I imagine. But. Yeah, because I, I mean, like you're just never going to go wrong stockpiling defensive line and offensive line. Right, power. just take your shot. Like, you know, the odds say that you're going to hit on a few of those guys, you know, if you just keep throwing darts at it. So, And that's yeah, what the so, Cowboys have done. You and... guys are – you guys the, – the Cowboys are shining proof of, you know, well, defensive okay. line. Like, you guys just – it's get they, after teams. I mean, there's there's no doubt about that they play with their hair on fire and you know like you can see it you know it's like some of those recent 49er teams like 
they feed off each other. They're almost competing against each other mm-hmm. more than mm-hmm. they are the rest of the team. But I mean, Micah Parsons is, you know, if he's not the best player in the NFL, he's the second best. Yeah. Um, and he is a freaky freak and you just don't I mean go find yourself a Micah Parsons if you, right. you want to turn your team around. But I mean, honestly, like they're going to get a real, well, assuming, assuming Philadelphia is healthy on the offensive line, this will be by far their best test. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, on offense and defense, it's clearly, clearly their toughest test. Um, you know, you, you could, you know, you would have said Tampa's defense early and they're in that conversation, but they definitely have not faced an offense like this, especially if Milata, Dickerson, and Kelsey are all healthy and playing. But um, yeah, and that element too of, you know, Jalen Hurts, they've been using him so well as a runner. That can really keep a defensive line honest, is accounting for that sort of guy, whether it's well, designed. I, I imagine they'll use some sort of, some sort of Parsons as some sort of spy there. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, but if they, yeah, I mean, it, it'll be interesting because, you know, they've, they've, they've lucked out with the schedule. I mean, I know Cooper rush has been Cooper rush and winning and all these, all these people making a big deal out of that. And he's done everything he's supposed to do, but you know, they, they've been, they've been saved by the schedule a little bit because they've faced some teams that were either beat up or terrible on the offensive line. And it just allowed the defense to control the game. Um, But I mean, they had 10 first downs on Sunday, um, you know, and, and one by double digits. Mm -hmm. So, um, they're going to, they're going to need to have their best performance on both sides of the ball. If they want to come out of that game with a win this weekend, but it yeah. should be a good game. Yeah. It's a great time of the year. I mean, postseason baseball, yeah. like we have a lot of Astros fans listening and my gosh, you know, Jordan Alvarez, you know, they bring in Robbie Ray for a left on left and, and Jordan smokes a three run, just bomb walk off winner to, to win the game there. And, um, you know, that Phillies Braves game was was crazy. And, you know, Padres Dodgers was was uh was pretty good last night. You know, it was might not have been as competitive as the score suggests, but that'll be a fun series because those two rivals are playing each other. So uh, it's a great time of the year. A lot of stuff going on. Um, you know, super exciting to be a, a sports nerd like us and and, uh, you know, taking it all in. So we'll see in the, the, the college football weekend. I mean, you've got. You got Alabama, Tennessee, Oklahoma State, TCU, NC State, Syracuse, Mississippi State, Kentucky, and USC, Utah. Those are all ranked teams playing each other. And if and if your old pal Dusty here can give you some some advice, if you're into uh, what we call speculating on college football games, is that um, your gambling name, Dusty? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Old pal Dusty, Uncle Dusty, if he's going to give you uh, give you some advice here. Um, Clemson being just three and a half at Florida state, Clemson is covering that. I'm not sure that game is going to be remotely close. Florida state is very banged up. Um, their offensive line isn't going to be able to handle Clemson. Um, I don't, I mean, I know it's a night game in Tallahassee and I'm going to be fired up to watch it. I don't think that game is going to be close. Um, Three and a half to me is a stunning line. Um, yeah, that's I think if Clemson doesn't win that game by 10 plus points, I will be extremely surprised. Extremely. So just some advice there from uh from your old pal Dusty. Um don't don't blame Uncle me Dusty. if 
all as we always say, speculate responsibly. Um, don't don't uh, don't don't get too crazy or anything like that. But man, I mean, just look at all these games Saturday. I mean, it's Mike. Hey, Mike Leach, what he's doing in Mississippi State, of course. Um, yeah, and who would have thought? Then the, but then they'll they'll turn around and blow. One they'll lose the game. They should, they should win. Yeah, they have no yeah. business of losing. Yeah, yeah. So what they do? Yeah, but yeah, exciting. Uh, exciting weekend of sports. Uh, upcoming for sure baseball college football and you can watch the nfl i might take a break from it for a little while so i uh after after josh allen's second bomb to gabriel davis i just turned off my my stream of the steelers like yeah i'm just not gonna watch the second half you guys i can read about it later on but we've rambled on enough that wraps up episode i believe this is 86 of the five tool podcast thanks again to lsu's josh jordan for jumping on and joining us. We really appreciate him taking the time. I know he's very busy. Uh, some great insight from him. Uh, make sure you're following the podcast at five tool pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, make sure you're following all of our five tool coverage. Um, and again, the 2023 five tool 55 is coming out today. It is done. The images are done. Um, I've got the, the words all loaded up. Just going to go ahead and publish that um, this afternoon. Uh, it was a, very 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 difficult challenge to limit that to just 55 because there are a lot of really really good players and i think that we're so far ahead of where we were at this point last year when we were kind of playing catch up so we'll have a podcast dedicated specifically to going through those rankings but uh that will be up uh later today at some point so for drew i'm dustin thanks for tuning in and listening enjoy your weekend until we talk to you all next time take care